ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Infection Podcast. We cover the uh, very interesting intersection of the video game industry alongside politics. Somehow those two things are together. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as he does each and every week, a newly crowned champion of his, uh, it's not oh, yeah. beer league. This is like an actual hockey league that you're in. Um, well, no, league. this would definitely be beer league. Oh, it is. Okay, <laughs> so the winner of the yeah. uh, Bud Light so 2000. So this is roller hockey. So this is, this is like super <laughs> casual. I mean, it's not casual how you play it. It's pretty competitive. Didn't you like break your arm just, doing this? You have to have major surgery because of your hockey playing? That was because of ice. Uh, oh, somebody okay. slid and it, somebody went down in front of me and slid through my legs. Yeah. So it just put me onto my shoulder and, and yeah, that caused some damage, but. Roller, roller, I haven't really gotten hurt as much. I've, I've gotten a lot of stitches from ice, and then my shoulder was from ice. Mm. Roller, I've gotten hurt when I used to do traveling tournaments with teams. Gotcha. You know, it's had where things hurt, but it, it, nothing major. So, Well, anyways, congratulations. Way too much information. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, one by two points. So, All nice. right. Uh, if you want to find me at Boise Computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge and Gab, uh, Getter, Truth Social, and uh, everywhere else, we'll see. Uh, I, I always had to figure out if I need to eventually just uh, try to do something that has my name in it for Twitter instead of instead of doing at Boise that's, Computer. That's what I did. I that's all I can say. Speaking of Twitter, uh, as we uh, come on the air on this uh, Tuesday evening, as uh, as you're joining us here live, um, there is a pretty big announcement today. After a couple of weeks of uh, kind of no, no, no radio silence from Tucker Carlson, yeah. who was the host of um, the most watched show on cable news for the last about six and a half years or so. Uh, he came yeah. out with a video about an hour or so ago announcing that he has partnered up with Elon Musk and um, yeah. is going to be taking his show, which at one point had anywhere in the, you know, was making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, was watched by tens of millions of people a night. He is going to be moving that to Twitter, Brian, in an unusual but not surprising uh, video uh, announcement. And it's pretty amazing when you look at some of the views on Twitter. I just This is his video from a couple days ago, April the 26th. Brian, this video has almost 24 and a half million views. So obviously, yep. people are using the platform, and it appears that old Elon Musk, and he even tweeted out today, some guy messaged him, some random account was like, hey, you know, if you play your cards right, you could have like the number one podcasting platform in like 90 days. And his response back was, yup. <laughs> and he might have yeah. done this here with Tucker. That's exactly where, that's where my mind was going when you, when you were talking was this whole thing, because this is what he's really aiming for. And the timing of this is perfect. Because if you look in the last week or two, uh, Elon has implemented this whole uh money-making system that you can use Twitter for making money off of videos, for monetizing things. Um, and then also, I think he'll give you an ad revenue split of the ads on particular content. I don't know if that part's been fully implemented yet, but um, this is something where I think that it, you could get podcasters if then there was a way to tap into your feed you know, or, you know, it, it, it could be definitely a, a place where people go and post their podcast, post live video, 
Um, if you can get money off of it, uh, it it would totally work, especially for live shows, which is what he's aiming for as well. Probably a live show like this, maybe slightly pre-recorded news, yeah. things like that. He wants that to be the place where when you want to know what's happening, like you go to Twitter. And that's what Twitter used to be back before they really started locking things down. If you remember when there was all those uh, um, Occupy Wall Street and all, all of those things on Twitter was a place where a lot of people were posting, I think, live video at that time. Periscope. I think they're going to be opening up soon. Yeah, Periscope. They were getting right on the ground, and people were seeing what was happening in the middle of all of that. Yeah. And I think that that really kind of opened up this a lot of things on the Internet. Monetize it. I think it could be that again because that's what he's been pushing for. This is the place where you can go find the truth, right, where it's not hidden from you. It's not changed because you can't get the truth on YouTube. Well, I mean, for the most part, on a lot of of subjects because they made it, you know, you can't talk about those things. But he to, wants to a place me, where you can have both sides of the opinions. Well, and that's exactly what it comes down to. He just needs to make the best platform for for this stuff to to be available. And you know, I don't know what exactly that looks like. There are some there are some issues with the Twitter interface as it stands right now. Yeah. Um, but it uh it it would be great to have this you know at least it's it would be nice to have another option I you know Spotify's yeah uh, they spent you know a hundred million dollars as Pro Tip points out you know they spent a hundred essentially a hundred million dollars on Joe Rogan uh, and that was their investment yeah. and to, to some extent that's I don't know how successful that's been in terms of their market share of course iOS has their native podcast app that's incredibly popular Google Play is a native app for podcasting that's yeah. popular then you've got you know, a dozen of really dozen or so really popular apps that a lot of other folks are using. Um, and yep. you're just like what we talk about with video games, Brian, you're buying exclusivity. And that is what yep. is the important thing. It's what it's what separated consoles in over the last 20 years was exclusivity. It's still yep. what does the what you want to play old Mario or old Zelda, your exclusivity, yep. you're buying a Nintendo switch or you're emulating it uh, on a, on a cons on a, on a PC. You're not buying anything yep. else. Um, and I just, I don't, this isn't any, this isn't, this isn't any different than that. Um, so that's uh, that's what we're seeing. There's no details on it. It's just soon is when it'll be coming. But, uh, but that's what's going on. Pro, pro tip. Don't die in chat. He says, you know, he'll never beat Joe Rogan. Rogan, even lefties like Rogan, not just the far right that likes Tucker. And one thing I think, though, I wouldn't be surprised if Rogan here, when his contract ends, would switch over to something like this, where he can just post video, post live stuff um, on YouTube, make uh, money back from just people watching the content, and not having to do really anything else, um, not having, you know, just not having to worry about what's going to get flagged on YouTube or what's going to get this, what's going to get that. Because that's the big issue right now is he can't just go and stream on YouTube. He'd be banned constantly or having to deal with flags and not being able to stream. And it would mess with his, his business quite a bit. But he could go on a place like Twitter, stream, unless he does something incredibly outrageous. You know, he's not going to get banned as long as he's just speaking something realistic. Uh, they'll let it go. And so I think that this could be a place where he would go um, because he, as long as they can make it to where people actually make money, and that's going to be the test because it's barely started. So who knows yeah. if that's really going to happen. A lot of this is still very much in the honeymoon, rose-colored glasses phase. I mean, I think Elon's, a, yeah. Elon's an all right guy, I'm sure. But a lot of this stuff is just kind of fly-by-night, which is great 
because uh, it allows things like this to happen. The question is, and what everybody wants, yeah. Brian, is some sort of longevity and security. If you're going to ask me to in, yeah. in, invest in an ecosystem like Twitter, which, I, I mean, I'm already heavily invested in anyway, but if you're going to ask me to invest in an ecosystem, you know, I need to make sure it's sustainable and it's going to be there. It's the reason why none yeah. of these other fringe platforms have ever taken off. The parlors, the true socials, the getters. If you're going to ask me to make this time investment, I, there's got to be something in it for me. Now, the one thing Twitter yeah. has going for it is it has hundreds of millions of active users. That's very powerful. Yep. Um, so, Well, just seeing his video, I think that was a perfect test for him. So maybe he, he remember that original video you showed. Possibly that was views. his test to see. Yeah, 25 million views. It, you know, let's That's see insane. what we can get on a view. Yeah, on a on a single video, and let's see how much money we'd make. You know, using this system is would it be worth our time? Okay, 25 million. I could make something that makes well, enough to pay everybody. Let's do that. And that's video views. Look at the engagement. Eight eighty one point yeah. six million views on Twitter. Two on almost a quarter of a million retweets and almost a hundred thousand re replies. That is that engagement is off the freaking charts. And I, I mean, he's yeah. got, he's got almost seven million followers. So I mean, that uh, that's but look at this. Look, followed by Brian Aldridge. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. so it's not necessarily the most shocking thing in the world. But this video is two hours old. He's only got seven million followers. It's already been seen by almost seventeen million people. I mean, that's what yep. that's what has always made a platform like Twitter so. What the reason I've been on it so long and I've always used it is just. It's such a fast-moving platform, and you know my my day job has me involved in politics, so I'm constantly I'm on Twitter constantly. It's it's my primary yeah. source of information, and I'm putting stuff out there and sharing stuff all over the place. So and um, pro, pro tip, don't die. He makes a good point. Maybe Alex Jones could find a new home. Now he's kind of probably halfway joking, but it's true. As long well, as he doesn't say banned. something, well, he I'm sure that he could work that out. But he's been sued. He's got to be filing for bankruptcy. I mean, who knows what's going on with the guy? I haven't been tracking him lately. But he's probably in a place. Yeah, he's suspended. <laughs> he, he's probably in a place where he could turn around and do this to make money after he's filed for bankruptcy. Just go on there as himself and try to maintain making some money while he starts to build up a possible studio post bankruptcy i mean yeah. this would be the place to go as long as he can not do anything so ridiculous that he somehow gets him banned again well i don't i don't know that i put any money don't be on threatening that. anybody don't be doxing well, anybody you know don't be talking about eating things. your neighbor yeah no, that stuff doesn't yeah things go like that. very well um so it's uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the information is still kind of rolling out as we're uh, talking about it now so uh, i'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll get some more details on it. but i'm excited i'll tell you what if this uh, yeah. i i would love to be able to put not only this show brian but my uh, terrestrial radio program on, uh, on on Twitter, I post the link to it every oh, yeah. day. But it, but it goes external, so so that would be a, it'd be yeah. interesting. Maybe they'll partner with somebody to make that happen. So that's uh, that's what we're tracking as we uh, come on the air here. Um, Brian, uh, PC revenue uh, in terms of yeah. the economy um, is uh, is not great. We've got a a CNBC yep. article here. That's uh, indicating that old uh, advanced micro divisions. Micro... What's their advanced? I think so. Division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly what their acronym stands for, but AMD is uh, revenues dropped nine percent, and they know something that you have been bringing up for months now: huge P 
PC chip sales declines, uh, which we've seen, yep. you know, we've been tracking for months. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, these things ha usually happen and they'll come up, you know, on the news here and there, but I've been trying to bring attention to them so people see the pattern is <laughs> everything is failing when it comes to either the sales, uh, you know, businesses are shutting down, people are being laid off, the, the, the economy is in the tank. Uh, one thing I just, I want to encourage people to remember is go vote and remember this. <laughs> week after week, we're going to remind you the economy is bad. I don't care if one week before the election that the gas prices dropped 10 cents. Uh, remember how it's been all year. Anyways, that's just my own personal opinion. But AMD, uh, you know, is seeing this. They're, they're losing money. Um, you know, they expected about 5.3 billion in sales in the current quarter. Um, Wall Street estimated about 5.48 billion. Um, so, you know, we'll see what they actually do. They, they, their net loss went to 139 million. So that's not good. Yeah, but this, I mean, they're not the only ones. I mean, you got you got to look. No, they're not. Uh, this is the market as a whole. This is not Intel. just like, oh, AMD is a disaster. Move on. It, Intel's preparing for more layoffs due to having a really bad beginning of 2023. Same thing. They're not selling chips. People do not have income that to spare at the moment because of everything being just so expensive. Uh, it's been just uh, quantifying over time and getting it to where... It, People have to be making an incredible amount of money, and you know, overall, to feel comfortable right now. I think. Well, I'll uh, say so this. Yeah, so they're they're noticing issues too. Yeah. From a kind of, and I'll say this personally myself. Um, you know, I, we, Brian, you and I have been in the GPU market for similarly the last five years, and they've there's yeah. I saw we had a uh, there was a, a a GPU on sale this weekend in an R sixty six hundred or something like that AMD card mm -hmm. for two hundred bucks an MS a gigabyte card seemed like it, yeah. actually a really good deal on a card and the and the question was you know do i want to i have two hundred dollars and i could spend it and it's not gonna i'm not gonna have to go without the question is with everything going on with potential looming things going on do i really want to spend two hundred dollars or three hundred and fifty dollars or five hundred dollars on a gpu for yeah. my computer and the answer was no i was like you know what yeah. we'll see what happens i'd rather just keep this money we'll move it over here just let uh, oh, we're gonna you know we'll just we'll keep it over here we'll, we'll spend it on uh, v bucks instead but nevertheless uh, <laughs> we'll, uh you know, is is this discretionary spending is that a good idea or do we want to keep this money in liquid savings for for potential issues coming forward like oh i don't know a debt ceiling in two and a half weeks uh which could have yeah. ca catastrophic impacts on the economy so i it's i i don't even yeah. know if it's much of people not making money it's the door like Holy crap! I don't want well the nervousness about the this. future, and, and this has been prolonged. I, I, usually, there'll be you know, things come and go, and and it, you see that ebb and flow. But I think with this one, it's just felt like it's staying the same and or only getting worse. I've like been it, it's, it's that slow build that I think makes people not feel comfortable. That well, I you know I know that I'll get the money. I think for it's the last people question that for the last year. I've been in this position where I'm like, if I really don't need it and it's over like a couple hundred yeah. bucks, I'm not going to buy it. Like I, I, I have a new dishwasher coming Friday. I was like four hundred, four or 500 bucks. Like, all right, I need a new dishwasher. We, we can do that. But it's like anything else. It's like, Jesus, do I really like, yeah. do, 
is is this necessary? And of course, the answer comes down to no. In this video games, music, movies, and television—that's the most discretionary yep. stuff that you have in your budget. You know, in all likelihood, yep. it's the most leisure of activities that you can do besides literally going on vacation. Um, so, so yeah. Well, and exactly, video games. Unity has is now laying off six hundred employees, and it's going to be closing half of its offices worldwide. Holy moly! Uh, you know. So it lays off 600 uh, and then it's closing half of its offices. And so that's just what are they saying? Perfect example. I mean, they, this is they, they make money by people making money, making video games. And so if you let that sink in, if people are, are not making money selling the video games, making the video games like they used to, that cuts without any control from unity. There's nothing they can do about it because the people that are making games on their platform aren't able to make as much money. That cuts their amount of money they make. Uh, and it comes down to the economy. Uh, you know, it's too bad for them. They could be making the best product in the world, but if people aren't buying video games right now, uh, it's going to hurt them. The same thing this is... goes for Epic, though, too. I mean, the exact same thing happens to them, I'm sure. It's affecting them. Pro tip is just absolutely slaying it in the chat room. He says, I don't need Dead Island 2 at $70, a game that was supposed to come out. Like, Dead Island 2 was supposed to come out, what, uh, like 2014 or something like that? It's been delayed a decade. I need it at $20 so I can wait. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm not spending $70 on it. If I was 15 again, I would have spent $70 on Dead Island (laughs) 2. But it was a decade ago. And, uh, yeah, you're going to, of course, you're going to wait for that. I mean, it's what it's 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 what yeah. it's exactly what people are deciding to do. And well, I it's, think- it's, it's you know we we started with hardware. You know, it was AMD and Intel. Uh, the gaming development, which which is directly linked to game sales, uh, and then also Nintendo Switch. So you know, mobile hardware is, is affected as well. Nintendo Switch plunged twenty two percent and is expecting uh, even you know bigger declines. So. People, that discretionary income, you're not buying your kid a Nintendo Switch right now. You're not buying a Nintendo Switch. You're thinking, well, the, you know, that's old hardware. What is? Uh, you know, I'll wait for something. I'll wait for something new to come out, you know, when they come out with the next one. I think people, if they came out with a new Switch, I think you'd get a set of people that bought that. Oh, absolutely. But I think that whole set of thinking, you know, they haven't really dropped the price that much. I mean, it's cheaper, but I think I'll just wait until, you know, Whatever I have works fine for now. I'm going to wait until the new one comes out. That's the GPU argument is, yes, yeah. it works fine right now. Is it as great as it could be? Probably not. I just turn shadows off or whatever, turn particles down or anti-aliasing, just yeah. turn that on a little bit. And it's just as good as it's it's good enough for for, for, for the use case. And that is that is exactly, I think the I think that is exactly where most consumers are right now. Right, you've seen the meme like, oh, can we stop at McDonald's? Like, no, we have McDonald's at home, and it's like some crappy frozen hamburger. But I think that's where a lot of people are. They're like, well, this is working. Yes, th- this 1070 can still play. I will admit, I yep. have been playing some Fortnite. It's it plays it totally fine. I mean, it, it'll, it it'll work. Fine. Plays the most yeah. recent Call of Duty fine. Now I'm not getting the okay. 130 FPS that you know some of the subdivisions and and uh, some of the other guys that I play COD with get, but I'm getting a, I'm 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 at 60 plus and yes that's yeah. not taking full use of my 120 hertz refresh rate monitor i understand but it's but it's fine it's it, it's it's suitable it's doing so, the I'm job. A, so, so i'm all right 
like I, I can I can get along for right now. Well, and that and that's the thing is uh, that's all that discretionary. One one thing too, I did we I don't remember if we talked about this at all during last week, but Vice Media, the whole Vice Media is filing for bankruptcy. Poor one. So out. Vice Media is filing for bankruptcy because I started having news of oh they're. Uh, Vice News Tonight is shutting down. Uh, Waypoint, which was their gaming thing that they had, was shutting down. <laughs> and that was all leading up to, uh, and not not having them announced yet, that Vice Media itself was filing for bankruptcy. Because I, I, I started seeing odd things, and I don't remember if we had talked about some of those, but Vice shut down Waypoint, which was their publication for gaming. Well, which I never heard of before i can say that when you have a bogus evaluation which is what they had back a couple of years ago when some company injected them with hundreds of millions of dollars and said that oh this they're worth like five billion dollars or something when that is all made up and it's not based on anything eventually somebody comes to collect their money back and that is exactly what's happened with vice it's amazing to vice was supposed to be the 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 new thing it was supposed to flip traditional news and media on its head and um it essentially did that it turned into everything that everybody hated about traditional media and now they are uh, out of business so toodaloo we're not well, missing and- out on much plus but you know buzzfeed we covered the buzzfeed thing a couple weeks ago they shut down their news division um a lot of this stuff is just you know like we're saying how we're being a little bit more conservative with our money and cautious investors are like all right let's go it's been 15 years that i've been you know yep. leading you around like a like a horse like where's my where's my money brian where's my money like like it's time well to and i think i think what really hurt vice was their change if you think of what they founded on one of their founders was gavin mcginnis gavin mcginnis yeah <laughs> it, you know it was it was something that had things that were different on it right it wasn't it turned all political they started throwing everything for one side of the aisle, uh, and the place really lost its edge. It just became a you know a, a kind of a spokesperson for just nonsense. I mean, right? this is their homepage. This is the same kind of shit I can read at CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or any other site. I mean, there's just nothing on here that's unique. Who cares? Yeah, and, and the thing is, they used to have some really interesting shows that only they covered that weren't super. Uh, political one way or the other they were just things that caught your interest and when they started trying realizing that people were interested in them and then they started pushing certain political ideals and pushed out everybody that didn't match those ideals gavin uh then you then you had nothing but an echo chamber and that stuff's only interesting i assume to a subset of people it is yeah and i think and and you're 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 really shrinking your audience You're not only shrinking your audience, but I think you can more broadly expand this conversation, Brian, to the tech industry as a whole and look at some stuff with, you know, either whether it's cryptocurrency or artificial intelligence. You've got a lot of fault valuations are nonsense. I mean, they always have been. Mm -hmm. But but over the last couple of months and, and maybe the last couple of years, since maybe since COVID, they just seem like they're becoming more and more egregious. It's like, oh, here's this company that's never brought a product to market that has a bunch of employees that 
we can't seemingly figure out what the hell they do, and they're worth $600 billion. You're like, what do they make? Well, you know, nothing really, but, like, there's a thing. You're like, what the hell? Like, how? How can you be... How can well, you have just, a, how can you be Twitter, worth though. inherently anything? <laughs> well, look at Twitter. Uh, you know, look at the, what their valuation was, and then once the curtain was pulled back, look what was happening behind the scenes. They yeah. they were like on the at teetering on bankruptcy when Amazing. when Elon uh, hundreds of millions them. of active users a day and teetering on bankruptcy. And, and they were within weeks of having to shut down. It seemed like. Yes, that's probably why they were pushing so hard to have them buy because they were going to run out of money, uh, and they other were not bringing money. in anything. Well, other people's money, yes, of and course. then they were spending money like as fast as you can, you know, throw it out the window. Is how fast they were spending money <laughs> in the office. Yeah. Uh, but look at their valuation. I mean, it, it's a horrible business decision. <laughs> I mean, Elon is taking it on the chin for this, uh, but you know what? He he's turned it around. I think he's going to make it make money i think it's beginning to make money yeah people said oh it was making a lot of money before no that it was that's well, the whole emperor has no clothes things where you're supposed to say oh we say that this thing is doing well so you believe it's doing well. that's all you know it was making a lot of money but it was also oh, but, it was, but it was moving losing it as fast faster than it can make it, it. it precisely it was spending it was spending faster than it than it was and and, and it's been proven now that you know once he fired 80 percent of the employees and the website is still up and operational. And yeah, does it have a little snafu every once in a while? Do I get a, you know, can't refresh feed issue every once in a while? Yeah, maybe a couple times a week. But it's to be expected when you fire 80% of your employees and you still have a service that's running. So, yeah. you know, I can make $100 million a year. If I'm spending $150 million, Brian, I ain't making $100 million. I'm losing $50 million. It, I mean, the, the, yeah. the number doesn't matter. It's about what you're doing with it that... That's important. And in tech, in gaming, in media, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just is just farcical. Yeah. Yep. So and, and that's that's the thing is that if they can kind of push an idea, they can make money off of it. Now, one, sure. there's one company that's bucking the trend. Microsoft ah, for the Q3 2023 earning results beat both the EPS and revenue expectations. So. This is something that I think, uh, I, you know, is showing that that's not the, just doesn't have to be that way. I think they have spread out their business and done their business in a way to when people are making that decision of what they're going to keep and what they're not going to not keep, what they've been providing people is, is on the keep uh, list. Because if you look at uh, whether they're making money off of giving you Microsoft Office and um, email, or, or whether they're, you know, whatever it is off of that that you're subscribing to, um, or if it's the Game Pass even. I think even when times are hard, people will, as long as they can, maintain the Game Pass because it's a, it's a consistent price that they can count on, that they can budget in, and they'll keep it. That's true. They've also done one hell of a job with 365. They have got so many companies by the balls that there's just no way that they can cancel 365, even though it was yeah. originally like $8 a seat, and now it's like $14 a seat or something like that. It's some egregious number now. Um, they've got all the... Th- this is why SaaS, for people that aren't in the industry, software as a service 
has been something that companies like Microsoft and Amazon and others, Oracle, have been trying to move to. It's what Microsoft, it's what Windows has done essentially is yeah. moved to as a service. It's what OSX has done on the on the Macintosh side where it is new yeah. rolling updates. SaaS, you have no choice. What the hell are you going to do? Well, you know, Brian, times are pretty tough this month, so we're going to shut off your email. So you're going to shut off your email and do what? Continue to operate your business? That's not even physically possible. Well, and if you're going to move to what? what? Gmail? It's just as expensive. But the thing is, is they've got an enterprise even stronger of a hook into them. Because if you look at what used to be all of the old um, Microsoft Exchange servers that were hosting, you know, the logins and everything else and providing all of this, I mean, that's how it used to be. That infrastructure doesn't exist in companies anymore. They're yeah. purely doing everything in the cloud. They're handling their logins. You don't need a login server that no people have server. to be able to access. Uh, but that was the stuff that was always a mess. They made it to where for you to log into your systems and have any kind of a password control like that without having to do VPNs and ridiculousness, oh, you just pay a, you know however many dollars per, per per user, which adds up in an enterprise. Bam, you're you're locked people in. Because to walk away from that would be incredibly difficult and incredibly expensive, and you're still going to be buying things from the company that you're trying to walk away from in the end to, to do it in the first place. Yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy. Like we use, um, we use 365 at, at, at the company that I work at and we're a, we're a major company. We've got like four or 5,000 employees and we use 365. I mean, we're spending tens of thousands of dollars a month with Microsoft and both companies that I, both companies, you know, my, the company I work for and the company that I'm doing most of my, you know, my time I'm putting into it, that one, they both use office 365 for everything. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are very large. One of my client that I work for is a, you know, multi makes billions of dollars a year. I mean, I'm saying it's a big company. Yeah. Fully Office 365 for every single login for every employee that, that exists. Um, and and, you know, and that huge. is well. So you know, you're comparing and contrasting. You say you know one company is bucking the trend. Well, the difference with SaaS on a monthly subscription versus a new CPU, a new GPU, a, a one-off video game like we were talking about with Dead Island is you know these th- you don't. You, you cannot buy these things and continue. You can't cancel yeah. your entire e- e- ecosystem. Shut down your company. E- yeah, <laughs> your whole business shut, yeah. comes to a halt, yes. and there's nothing that happens all because yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, pro tip, don't die. He, you know, he's kind of backing up. He says, I love Game Pass. That 15 bucks a month is factored into my entertainment. Who has time to watch streaming TV? I'm busy playing cool indies. So that's the thing is that $15 you count in and you guarantee you have something to do. There'll be something that you haven't done before because there's so many things on there that you haven't touched yet. Right. Or, or a game that you could put a lot of hours in. There's tons of those. Um, You know, that's when times get tough, people will spend the money on the thing that they know they can limit. And all of those games, those mobile games where they're trying to get you to sell all to, to purchase all the little things and, but you know, buy this pack and do all this, the microtransactions, those will be the first ones to go because those are not limit. You know, their goal is to have you break your limits. And so you're going to be like, all right, I'm cutting that out totally, but you won't cut out the game pass. And so I think that Microsoft has really locked itself into that core list of what will I, my, what will my budgeted self, <laughs> what will be on that list? And that will be on the list. I don't even think about it. I just keep, well, I'm not even really using it right now and I still keep it subscribed. 
Well, that's that's I mean, that's the uh, what and the really the, the one of the groups that spearheaded this was Netflix. This is the old Netflix yeah. approach. People have had Netflix subscriptions now for over a, a streaming subscription for a decade and they don't even actively yeah. use them. But well, I mean, they're using them, but they're not watching stuff every week or maybe even every month on it. But it's like, well, you know, I'm not going to cancel my subscription. Yeah, a lot of people do that with Spotify and a lot of these other services too. Is you know at yeah. ten or fifteen dollars a month, is it worth canceling to renew when you want to use the service? No, because it's a headache yep. and a hassle, and nobody wants to deal with it. It's a phenomenal business model. Oh yeah, and and so we'll see. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of kind of up in the air with what's happened um, with the UK blocking the acquisition. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because yeah, what you got. They've been, you know, there's now discussions of Microsoft completing without that FTC, with even without FTC approval, because mm-hmm. uh, who knows what the what the issues will be with that. But I think that I would think it would be smart of them to still move forward, <laughs> regardless. There's so much money into it, um, you know, you might find that it's just worth uh, not selling to the UK. I mean, that would possibly be it. Uh, the CMA who made that ruling, they've been Xbox people have been spamming their organization. Uh, so, you know, of course, I'm sure anything they post now on Twitter will just have tons of replies having nothing to do with whatever they're posting. Sure. Um, but they're, they're just getting, and that's the thing is if they're open, if they have an ear to the ground, maybe they'll realize that they came out on the wrong side of the decision. But, you know, what, who knows what, I still Wait. think that it's going to be appealed and, Wait, 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 who, who, you're talking about the EU, the, the United Kingdom UK. regulators? Um, yeah. No, I, I doubt it. No, that, no, they will you don't not. don't think they're going to care? No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm not an expert in being a Brit, but I, uh, I don't believe that they'll ever admit that they were wrong. They, they know they were wrong yeah. from day one. I mean, what, what we had, we had what, like eight or nine other major countries that have already had already gone through the approval process and they were going to be the ones that died on the hill. They already know that they're wrong. They don't care. They're going to push the business out of the, they'll push the business out of the country. They don't, they don't care. Well, what's interesting is the CMA, they said allowing Microsoft to take a strong position in cloud gaming would undermine innovation. Yes. And that's, that's my frustration is. They're saying they would make a product that's so good that no, that there wouldn't, wouldn't be anybody else who could make something that that could compete with it. That's what they're saying. But Which is the same thing could have been said about Netflix. Netflix had a product and a, and a platform that was so good, there were no streaming services that could compete at the time. Now, they held that for a while, but rather than saying, well, Netflix, you can't be as good. You need to be less good. Can, can, you, know, can you make it? Where just everything doesn't work as good and you have less movies. That's what they be, that's what they're kind of asking. Uh, instead, Netflix gave other people time to really figure it out, and now you have other platforms that do a lot of streaming that compete with Netflix. Netflix isn't the only one anymore, and and I think that they need to let this happen. Cloud gaming is still being fi- figured out. Why are you sh- trying to shackle people in the very beginning of it getting started? I love the idea especially in the tech industry of this will be the x y or z replace whatever it is so this is the this will be the only this will be forever you don't, technology modern technology is such a new industry 
that you don't even have yeah. to go back but 30 or 40 years to see companies that literally don't even exist anymore. And it's like anytime anybody in the tech field, like, oh, my, well, you know, this is, uh, you know, Twitter's never going away. Facebook's never going away. You know who also said that? Everybody, IBM. I mean, the big blue international business systems, they freaking, they are, they were personal computing and business computing. Yeah. They were the only freaking game in town. And what do they make now? Shitty laptops that are branded as Lenovo? I mean, what, they don't yeah. even do anything anymore. They, they don't even exist practically. I mean, they they, yeah. they have Watson or whatever their big micro yeah. computers are now. That's it. This is such a fast-moving industry. MySpace was going to be here forever. All these services are going to exist forever until they don't because this is everything Everything that we're talking about right now is so fast-paced and so fast-moving. I mean, Brian, you can go back a decade to 2013, and, and if we, we could go through the list of services and ideas and concepts and, and, and products that were going to be the thing. That it just don't even you'd be like, oh yeah, wow, huh, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. But in 2013, well, you're like, this is it, Tumblr. Yeah. It's you, the it is it. It's nobody, the entire internet. Nobody could compete. Nobody yeah, can nobody compete. Can compete. Nobody could compete. That's with the thing IBM. Is I, I think with 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 something that's just they're they're complaining about innovation for something that's just getting started. <laughs> yeah, let a company like this who has the infrastructure, and the ability to make something that's just out of this world. That's like saying, oh, well, Tesla shouldn't have made the Tesla, you know, because it was just, you know, how are people going to compete with an electric car? You're, it's hurting Ford. It's hurting GM. It's hurting all these other companies because they can't quite compete with this private citizen who came up with this, you know, whatever. Um, they're, it's like them treating it the same way. They're saying that this is going to be too good and people can't compete. It just let them make the best product they can. Why are you saying, well, we don't want them to have a huge Arc, uh, you know, te or the technology from some of the companies they'd be getting, and then the IPs from the companies begin because they just make it too good. That's what they're saying, and that just frustrates me. Make yeah. make it to where there's something awesome, and then give something that people that are entrepreneurs that are you know indie type of trying to figure something out, have them come up with cool things that end up overtaking it because it always happens. It's going to happen to Google search. And it's starting, I think, that we're on the precipice of that happening now to where I think, because before, everybody used Google search. We've talked about that before. Sure. We're, we're getting to a point where that's going to change, I think, in the next couple of years to where they won't be the search anymore because of AI search and things that will just probably blow them out of the water unless they can maintain it. But nothing Which, is forever. So quit treating it like it. Well, and, that, and that's exactly it. Now, yeah, there is some legitimacy to companies, like, for example, Will Google just one day disappear? No. But eventually, all of their little products, search, YouTube, I say little, <laughs> these are some of the largest, web these are the, the two largest websites in the world. But eventually, these bigger services, they lose their shine, they lose their muster, they, you know, people move on, they find something else, a better alternative is available. And once you, you lose a couple of those, which I, I'll use IBM as an example again, once there was more options in personal computing once mainframes did not need to be purchased by every single business to operate. You started taking all these massive pillars and you start chopping them down slowly. It's, it doesn't happen overnight, but it eventually happens. I mean, yep. look at companies like Compaq and Gateway. 
Compaq was making like billions of dollars a year in the early 2000s. And who, I don't know who, Acer owns them now or something like that, or, or, or HP like owns them now. Remember. They don't even make products anymore. That was 20 well, I think years ago. Compaq. Yeah, yeah, I think it, there you it, go. It, H, H, yeah. to take more. But 20 years ago, Brian, they're making billions of dollars a year. They don't exist anymore. Yep. Well, even, <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't. More it, recent, look at Apple. I mean, if you look at Apple and what people thought about their phones, Android just could not compete and there was no competition. Now, you're I right. still think it's kind of stuck in a definitely a two, you know, binary system. Two party of, system. Uh, it's either, yeah, it's either <laughs> iPhone or it's Android. I wish that it wasn't like that. I wish it was a more open platform where you could make something that was compatible. We need a third but, party, damn it. <laughs> we, need, I know we, we need a third party operating system. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I, that, that is, but people didn't think that Apple could be comp competed with. There was just no way that anything, and, and if you look now, a lot of people are, a lot of the younger people are going to Android. They're, it doesn't have that. I just remember when I was younger, people looked at the laptops, you know, the, the, the iMacs or whatever they were, um, they'd look at those and just there was a certain stigma about them. And, you know, it was the thing to have. It, it was like a, a status symbol. People don't think that anymore. Uh, you know, it's just it, that's gone away. And now they're just another product and people are making products that actually compete uh, and do just as well in a lot of areas. So, uh, you know, they're either going to have to come down in price to keep competing or cut their features, you know, and, and then come down in price. But, you know, they're, they're not, nothing is forever, right? <laughs> you could look at that. And if you do short-term thinking, you would said, well, let's limit the iPhone. Let's make it so it can't do as well. That would have done nothing but stifle the things that we're getting now out of the comp competition. Precisely. In the long run. Yeah. So. Yeah. Most things are not forever. In certain industries, you know, you can say like, oh, well, you know, cars, for example, right? There's some legitimacy to that, right? Now, you did just have Tesla that popped up in recent years. So there is and roads. But especially in technology, and especially something like video game streaming, which is literally software as a service, the idea that one company is going to rule the world forever is just is just stupid. I mean, there's just no yeah. this this, and that's why I, to answer to go back to your initial question you asked me 30 minutes ago. Do you think the CMA will change their mind? No, because they're obviously not. They're, obviously, nobody there's got you know no, everybody there's got their head too far stuck up their ass to. To, to, to comprehend the modern you know, industry, uh, the modern industries and facets of the of the tech industry. So now they're yeah. obviously too incompetent to, to put two and two together. Yeah, and, and we'll let's see what happens because I know they've got the FTC approval still looming, right? That's not that hasn't happened no, yet, it, or hasn't it hasn't happened yet? It really. Yet. It hasn't even really like discovery document discovery is still going there. I don't even know that there's an initial hearing set before like okay. July so, or August. One thing, one thing they've been doing is they've ordered Nintendo to come in and testify before the NT, FTC um, regarding their, I think, the 10-year Call of Duty deal that they made with Microsoft. Uh, so they're going to be talking about that. Uh, Who is that, Nintendo? Also, you said? yeah, Nintendo is going to have to give, come in and testify. And they're looking at uh, Google Stadia, you know, and that's one thing that they're trying to use, I think, against Activision, uh, well, Microsoft Activision, because of how of Google Stadia's failure. Uh, one of those saying, hey, look how hard it is to compete. You, you took one of the, as you said, one of the biggest companies in the world, and you're saying uh, that, oh, it's so hard to compete. 
They had the money. They just didn't do it well. Why are you going to yeah, punish no the whole industry because Google <laughs> did it, didn't do it well? They just made poor choices, and they did a bad um, – Just the, the way they did the whole thing was bad. If you're, uh, Why are you going to punish everyone else for it? If you're benchmarking corporate decisions, Brian, my, go, my immediate go-to is not Google in terms of their decision-making ability and, and various things. The Google is not my first yeah. choice. They have a very, very shady track record of handling things properly, including Steve. Yeah, and so, so and, the, and the thing is, this article kind of sums it up perfectly. Microsoft will work with others, so what's the problem? Uh, <laughs> if you look at how Google Stadia did it, they tried to lock you into just ridiculousness, make you buy all these games and, and do all these different things, and it was just a mess. Um, and I, Microsoft's not shown anything like that as far as how they behave. So once again, why are you punishing Microsoft because other people's did it? Other people or other companies did it wrong. And and yeah, I, I just have seen the track record of Microsoft doing things, making uh, things better, improving things, giving you more than what you expected for your dollar. And then you look at what Google has done is usually they shut things off. They limit access. I mean, Google apps, you had your free account, then all of a sudden was no longer free, you know, forever free account that, that disappears. Uh, you know, and they shut down this, they shut down that. Um, you know, Microsoft hasn't, I, of all the things that I have with Microsoft, I don't really remember anything being shut down other than me losing access to Internet Explorer. I think that's, that's one of the only things. They still got DOS they, prompts. They got everything else. They're not known for shutting things down. So I, I just think that uh, I, I just hope that with the FTC, once they get all these things in, see kind of lay things out and see them for what they are, that, that it gets passed through the FTC to where really the only holdout is then the CMA. Or as I've mentioned, I might I consider myself the cynic in this conversation, or you just grease the skid so much and you have your big lobbyists do their work beforehand and it's pre-done before the committee even meets. If I'm Microsoft, that's the I mean, approach I'm taking. If I'm Microsoft, <laughs> I mean, that's the approach I would happen. have taken. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's I, politics. That's that's how this works. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. So hopefully hopefully we get some news in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if, if I think we're side cases going. Yeah, I think we're I think we're further out on the FTC decision that than than I think Microsoft wants because I know that they yeah. wanted to have this done by like the middle of the year, and I'm not even sure that the FTC is meeting about this their initial meeting until after that date. I think they, they want to be done by like July 1st. I don't think the FTC meets until August. Um, mm. so we'll, well see. So we'll have to keep waiting. Yeah, well, so yes. another so a product that we talked about here for for weeks. A game that came out and surprised everybody, Hogwarts Legacy. They oh, surpassed yes. $1 billion in retail sales. Um, it was That's Warner Brothers' largest release of all time. Now, $1, B, $1 billion in retail sales, uh, largest release for uh, Warner Brothers uh, of all time. It's <laughs> pretty incredible like that. We kind of follow up a little bit of that. Uh, there was a lot of politics surrounding something that really shouldn't have even had any politics surrounding it. Uh, for people to remember, J.K. Rowling is a feminist, right? I mean, she's a traditional, what you would call a feminist, who yes. believes that women um, should be treated at least at least as equally as everyone else. That That's what she believes. I mean, there's other things I'm sure that you could put on to that, but that's the core. Uh, and then that would, for her, would say that, well, women trans let's say a trans woman 
They're not trans women. The no, they're, of, no, they're guys. That's, don't fall into the trap. But I'm saying, but is a, which is a male, like a yes, biological a male. male. Yes. Um, it, coming in and competing in a sport, to her, she views that as offensive because a biological male is taking something that was supposed to be for a, a, a biological female. And she's being that kind of a core feminist. That's what she believes. Uh, and so you had all these trans people attacking her and trying to make people sh shame people on Twitch for for playing this game. Uh, One billion dollars in retail sales. So just keep that in mind. All these people are saying that the left is winning on everything, right? When it comes does, to culture, obviously not mention, gaming all the time. Does it mention anything about copies sold or just money? I think it's. I just don't the see. Money. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see a on here. A billion whatever. dollars. I mean, that's got to put it in. That's got to put it w at least within the top 50 video games of all time that have ever been sold, right? Or at least close to it. I don't know what the I don't know what a billion dollars translates to. It's hard to do because of conversions and different, you know, money. You can't just do oh, 50 billion times 60 bucks. That's it sold over 15 million. 15 million. Okay, that that so puts over 15 it, million copies. So that puts it right outside the top 50. 23 million is where the original Red Dead Redemption is, and that's the 50th. Um, that's still, that's incredibly impressive for what I would call, I mean, obviously Harry Potter is very popular. I mean, everybody has seen it except for me, seemingly. But um, <laughs> Did you see the, I would my, the meme I, sorry, the meme I posted for you here? Yeah, I, I think did. it was. Uh... Yeah, the stupid Andrew Tate meme. I saw it. Um, I, I absolutely saw it, but, um, I would say for something that is pretty niche, uh, the fact that it has sold 15 million copies is pretty remarkable. And the thing is, I think the gay community was definitely not behind the boycott. Um, one of my wife's family or relatives, uh, is, is a lesbian and she loves Harry Potter and she was playing it and enjoying it. Right. Don't, You're don't not gonna, hopefully the thing tell is, her not to go on Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing is you can go on Twitter and get a different opinion. But I think I think one thing that the media and everybody has tried to really prop up is that the trans community is in line with the you know whole LGBTQ everything else. But I think there's a big division there. I think there's a lot of the the LGBTQ whatevers, you know, maybe not take out the T um, that really are in opposition with the trans community because of some of the things that they do. Right? And, and yeah. some of the things that they push. And so I, I do think that uh, that is probably one reason that it wasn't really successful is because people looked at it and it's just, this is a small subset of people telling you, you shouldn't do something. Why should I listen to you? Well, a little bit of a selfless plug, Brian, you were mentioning about, about uh, uh, JK Rowling and trans, all this stuff. I actually, I actually interviewed Riley Gaines this morning. The, uh, former Oh yeah. I did, see, I did see that you swimmer. were going to do that. So I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but you could check out the Wilmington's morning news <laughs> podcast and, and, and check out that interview at nickcraig.com. No, uh, no, definitely not an ad, not paid for that endorsement. Um, so yeah, that is uh this is yet another uh, another miserable fail at uh you know trying to trying to take something that is pretty generally unpopular and attempting to convince the entire populace that this is normal. And it's uh, it yeah. is it doesn't work. It, it's effective in some things. I mean, bo these some of these boycotts have been effective that have been uh, that yeah. have been lobbed by the left. Um, but they're typically 
first of all, they're de- they're good issues to do it on, and they're typically pretty well run. The whole from day one, the Hogwarts Legacy boycott never made any sense. And one of the big reasons it never made any sense was she wasn't the one making the freaking game. Like she yeah. really wasn't she wasn't involved in the process a whole hell of a lot at all. Like I, she was, I think, some contributor to it, but she wasn't like the the lead director and designer of it at all. Yeah. She was just hands off on it. So it d- didn't even make sense. It's like, hey, I'm going to you know, I'm going to boycott uh, I'm going to boycott this sports team. Well, why? Well, cuz I don't like this player. Well, he's on another team. But yeah. so why why are you going to boycott this team? That doesn't make any sense. Um and now pro tip saying, you know, she got her money for the license. Now she was ma- I'm sure yeah. she was I'm sure she makes a, a Oh, she a, made a, a royalty revenue. from it. I'm sure. But who can, yeah. but that doesn't but that doesn't even make any sense either. Because these people well, still the, say I, they like Harry Potter. Like, they're like, oh, well, we we still love Harry Potter. We'll still watch the movies and buy all the shit when we go to Disneyland. And it's like, oh, so you're still going to drink the butterbeer when you, you're going to spend $28 on a butterbeer, you jackass? Like, who do you well, think I is think, making money on that, too? Well, I think that this is really kind of a, a, a position that's tough for females that, for instance, feminists and lesbians, who there should usually is a lot of crossover there. <laughs> for a lemonade, you know, a lesbian feminist. Uh, so I think that that's something where that's a per a, a true a lesbian. If she's a true feminist, will look at the argument of of J.K. Rowling and not be able to really say anything negative about it. Because you know, I, I just I don't know. I think that the whole argument they came out on bad footing, and it was all. Hopefully, your average person could see through. I didn't expect these crazy sales to happen. I definitely no. didn't expect that. Well, uh, but hold on a second. Let's back up. You weren't expecting crazy sales. It turns out. Well, not like this. Yeah. Turns out, Brian, crazy, crazy concept. If you make a decent video game, people yeah. will buy it and play it. This, I know this is yeah. for all of the folks listening out there. If we could go back in time and talk, scream to Daybreak and, and the folks at SOE. Yeah. Make a decent game and they will buy it. They will if you build it, they will come. That's the old saying. Use a different was, engine. I would have said that years ago to them. <laughs> this game so eloquently. It, and let's be clear, Brian. The video game industry in the last you know, decade or so has been kind of like a barren wasteland. Unless you are the yeah. big dog with your game, and you almost GTA, you can't even talk about it anymore. That game came out more than a decade ago, right? That's a whole nother era. Over the last yep. decade, it's been a constant battle of like, oh, how much development do we put in? How early do we release in early access? What do we do with this? And uh, Warner Brothers is like, hey, screw it. We're going to build a game, build it all the way through, and we're going to release it. And it's going to be a good game. And boom, it sold a billion dollars worth, 15 plus million copies. Yep. Success. Yep. It's a, it's a clear strategy that works. And hopefully, hopefully the people realize making video games, realize... That if you release what the player wants, you know, and sometimes giving them what they want, they don't realize what they want. That's what Steve Jobs would always say. Yes. But if you give them, if you know, maybe they didn't realize what they want yet, but you give them what they want, what they're going to want. Yes. Uh, you know, your, people will come and buy your product. That's why so many people bought the iPhones originally, or got the uh, iPods, and why so many people went and bought this video game because it, it beat their expectations. Um. You've come out, beat expectations for the video game, and it's amazing. People buy it. Yeah. 
Uh, it's when you sit there and they didn't give a lot of teasers about what was going to be in. That's what made everybody so shocked when they started playing it. It, it, but then all these other companies, they sit there and show you these curated videos uh, and say, oh, you're supposed to get you to say, oh, that's going to look so good. And then when you turn around and play it, it doesn't meet expectations. Uh, you know, do the opposite. Show show less and then just blow them away to where they feel like they got something for their money and they'll keep buying games from you. I think what I'm hearing you say is don't be CD Projekt Red in Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't don't promise a huge, cool world that's based on lore that's so awesome that could just be amazing and then release something that just felt like an old video game. <laughs> super limited. The AI was horrible. I mean, just, you knew, there was no, I, I, you know me, I love to explore in a video game. That's, I love Red Dead Redemption for that. Uh, I felt no reason to explore playing Cyberpunk. There, yeah. What was I going to go to? There was nothing outside of the play areas. I mean, there was no... There was nothing to discover. Empty subdivisions. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing made outside of where you were going to generally go with any detail that would have shown that some thought was put into it. Kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, Before we end, uh, unless you've got something, um, you want to talk about uh, AI and Tim Sweeney real quick? Oh, yeah. So Exactly. this is yeah, interesting because this is something that I think is starting to bubble up and he's been talking about it. Well, you were talking a little bit about this and um, his, the big concern is, uh, I don't, did we talk about it on this show? We may have, it may have been on Computers 2K now. We were talking about AI um, and Tim Sweeney says these companies need to stop taking up everybody's art and running it through their AI machine to learn. Yeah. Uh, because you know, that, his, you're using copyrighted material that you don't have licensing to. Zero. When you use something yeah. to train a model. You need to have a license for you're using it. You're consuming it, right? <laughs> and so they need to have all these licenses and all these companies that are just using mass data and training everything don't have any legal license to the things that they're they're scraping. And so I think it's causing it's causing a big issue. The companies that are using this in good ways that I, I would say are ones that have access to a lot of data. Uh, you could look at Microsoft with GitHub. I just subscribed to their code suggestion service. Um, haven't really got to, you know, haven't seen it really do anything yet. But it uses all of the massive amount of examples that are available on GitHub to train itself. So they have a big subset of data to train. Your average person doesn't. Uh, I think with Elon Musk making an AI company is a very smart idea because he has all of Twitter to train his AI. Um, you know, to where he can, oh God, he can get a good that. idea. That's a terrible yeah, idea. He can train, he can train his AI <laughs> using Twitter to get the general consensus of what the population is thinking. If he can get a spread of, of type people on this platform. Wow. But, but these other companies that are just doing it for, for media and they're, they're consuming, you know, pictures and things like that. That's the, that's the issue. They are breaking the law to then produce something that can't be copyright, copyright. You can't copyright things that come out of AI. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, so specifically, Tim Sweeney's got somewhat of a vested interest in this because they recently acquired ArtStation, um, which is a portfolio of art to be used in video games and in in, in anything, you know, digital, I, pres- I presume even motion picture stuff as well with uh, with everything in ArtStation. And he, yes, you know, he, his big concern is, you know, hey, 
there's one one thing to say, oh, I'm doing this for research. There's another thing to feed a bunch of copywritten material into your AI and then turn around and sell it at $25 a month subscription to somebody. That That's not a yeah. problem. And he says that they created with ArtStation, they created a no AI tag artists can apply to their ArtStation work to explicitly prohibit their use in AI training. So this would be training for non-commercial uses. Um, so yeah. that you know that he's got a little bit of a little bit of a vested See, interest in there. Here, here's the thing that I think that that approach I think is wrong by saying oh you have to opt in to not be included oh. on something that we're going to be scanning the internet. How about instead you have us put a tag on it if we want it to be included and then see how many people want to participate in your mass gathering of information. Uh, yeah. you know, they are knowing, they're knowing that most people are not going to go and tag their images and do all these changes to where they can scour the internet, much like what uh, Google does. Really, Google does a very similar thing, but you know, they, they are just show, they're an index, so they get away with it. They're not consuming it and then producing you something claiming it's theirs. Uh, here, I just they're, they're creating a bunch of things, and there's a lot of I don't think legal wise I don't think they've nailed a lot of this down. I think that there's going to be a lot of laws in the next couple of years. They're going to be putting a lot of limitations, copyright wise, um, even if, I don't know patent wise, on what AI can do because it's going to be a big problem. Because I can say to an AI, I think once it gets advanced enough, make me a game that's like this other game and it will make me a game that's almost identical to this other game. And, and, and it, I could release this as an open source game because it's not copyright. <laughs> but, it, but it does everything that this company that just spent a lot of money because it's mimicking it. I mean, it, it's going to create problems, big problems, I think. Well, I, I don't... I think we'll we'll cross those hurdles when we get there. We are very far away from what you're describing right now. Now there might but be. But I'm saying very... that's that's where it's heading. It, small things, small versions of that will be happening, where uh, you know simple things like make uh, make me a WordPress plugin that does this, right? And then it'll make a WordPress plugin that does something you didn't pay for. But I think you're going to see it happen more and more in a lot of those areas to where it'll be tough to make a product that can't be replicated. I saw a funny meme and it said, uh, it was like, it was obviously it was fake, but it was like, uh, Oh, uh, you're, it's like a conversation with the web developer. It's like, Oh, well we don't need web developers anymore. I asked, you know, chat GPD to build me a website. He was like, Oh, well cool. Send me a link to it. It was like, he's so he responded. Oh yeah. I saw C saw colon slash home, you know, you know, C drive users documents and it's like, folder yeah, yeah. Yeah, home And it's like, so it created the web page. But now you have to know what to do with said web page. So it's like, yeah. Well, I there's going to get... be plenty of work around it, right? Because the, sure. there's areas of expertise that you and I know, like for hosting, you name it. Absolutely. Where we, we make those things work. So if they, if they can come up with ways, I think that we don't stifle innovation. You know, I'm the libertarian. Don't stifle innovation. Let things go as long as they're not hurting someone else. Um, I, let, I think you should let this thing go and see what kind of cool innovations come from, I mean, AI is just, is going to be amazing. Um, as far as I think some of the things that it'll start to, uh, discover whether it's medical, I mean, there's just so many things. So I don't want to stifle AI in any way, but we need to figure out like, how do we, how do we create it to where we're not infringing on other people's rights, which is, you know, copyright and all that. And how are we doing, how, how, 
make a place where people can submit data that trains AI in open place. Like you got to come up with ways to train these that aren't just stepping on everybody's feet. Yeah. Well, I'd uh, love to hear your comments on uh, that. If you want, you can leave us a comment on our YouTube videos. You can comment over on Rumble where you can find the shows. You can shoot us a uh, tweet, a Twitter message as well at InfectionCast. Or if you want to go really old school, you can send us an email at uh, contact yeah. at infectionpodcast.com. Of course, our our Discord server as uh, as well, and uh, keep up with the conversation there. I'm, I'm. There's Brian. Not everything's a given. There's not many certainties in life. It is certain that we will continue the conversation around AI. That is not. That is not oh, yeah. going to be resolving anytime, anytime. We're anytime, in the wild west place. of it. We're, Absolutely, know, this is just the beginning, and there's going to be I a think, lot of things that happened. I think you. To, to look at, you know, I kind of was talking with a friend about this the other day, like, oh, you missed the Bitcoin, the whole cryptocurrency thing and all that. Yeah, this we're in that same era right now where, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency was 10 years ago where it was like, oh, look at all this yep. stuff. And we're in we are sitting there right now like it is happening yep. right now. So figuring out it, where where it's going to be useful. Yeah. When can people use it? Uh, you know, make my job easier make the mundane and repetition things use ai to make my mundane and repetitious things easier yes uh, i think eventually simple things like uh with the computer i can say hey can you do this for me i can say that to the computer and it will do it for me Siri in a way that a human it. well exactly how that's starting to implement but all you do is really yeah. just talk to your computer because yeah. using your mouse will be, end up being a lot slower than whatever you're trying to do hey can you get that copy? Uh, can you get a link to you know this song on YouTube? And can you mail it to or email it to uh, my friend this person? Just say that to your computer, and it'll it'll go do it, right? And it'll use a little bit of logic, not the first link. You could say maybe you know get one that looks like it's the best quality version or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of conversational AI, I think, is going to make a big difference with code. Me writing code. Find bugs for me while I'm writing the code. I love that. that would be, yeah, <laughs> Pop up something that huge. says, hey, if you do this. Hey, thanks, UGX, for uh, subscribing. This is uh, 63 months. It's insane. Damn. But if, if you can make something that while I'm writing the code, it says, hey, you're going to run into this problem if you continue. Or they do code completion to where I just start writing uh, a function. And if I'm descriptive enough in how I name the function, it'll suggest the whole rest of the code that probably will be doing something close, uh, then then maybe I can adjust if that's kind of a best way to do it. I just think there's a lot of cool areas that we're still seeing. AI is totally, <laughs> totally, the, we're, as you said, in the beginning phases. It's not, we're nowhere near the end. This is just the beginning of everything we're going to see. Real quick, uh, UGX Vibe just hit us up with that subscription. It said Elon just released a statement about uh, uh, Tucker Carlson. Let's do this real quick before we get out of here. It says, on this platform, unlike the other, uh, unlike the one-way street of broadcasts, so cable news, people are able to interact, critique, and refute whatever is said. And, of course, anything misleading will get community notes. I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Rewards mean subscriptions and advertising revenue shares, you mentioned, Brian, coming soon, mm -hmm. which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with this content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, also choose this to be content creators on this platform as well. So, no, yeah. Tucker is putting his... Uh, 
putting his flag in the sand on uh, or his flag in the ground on Twitter and thinks that it's a platform where he can make money. And obviously based off of 40 some odd million hits on a video, it's probably not a bad, uh, probably not a bad guess. Yeah. And I I think it'll, I think it'll be good if they can get people because it can't be just where people of one, one political view go, Uh, you, you know, hopefully as he said, other people will realize, oh, I can actually make money. Why do you think so many people flock to Twitch? So many people flock to YouTube. They realize they can make money doing it. Uh, I think that if they can show through that that you can run a studio and make money if you have content that people are wanting to go watch, you, then you'll get people that will you know, kind of take, eat their pride a little bit and come back from Mastodon and whatever place they went to to make them feel, feel good about themselves. Uh, they'll come back and have an open discussion because for everything I think that Elon wants to do with the platform, it requires... Uh, it's close to a 50-50% split because that was what they used to do is they used to sell the pipe of Twitter and make a big bound of money because you could predict things uh, that are getting ready to happen pretty accurately using Twitter. So yeah. they could they could go and run these these algorithms against it and come out with a very high, high percentage. You, know, you could use it for investing, all kinds of things to figure out what most likely is going to happen. Um, you know, for him, if he wants to use AI for it, you need to have a balanced perspective of both sides, the crazy on one side and the crazy on the other and everything in between to get that balanced perspective. And so I think he's banking on people doing that and he think he's going to just keep making it so good that eventually people will be like, all right, well, it just doesn't make sense to go anywhere else or I'm losing out because I'm not doing this and get all those people back and make it be what it used to be back before, you know, they started banning everybody in the old days, make it that really open platform that everybody's going and discovering things with a little bit of FOMO has never hurt anybody. All right, Brian, uh, tell folks <laughs> where right. they can find you online. Yeah. If you want to find me at Boise computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Getter, truth social. Uh, if you want to go check out my blog, biteoftech.com, but what you should do is go to our website, infectionpodcast.com. And if you go to our upper right hand side, you'll see join our server. Just join us on discord. We have uh, 11 arc servers running a Conan exile server running, uh, I also have a, a politics role that you can join uh, to where if you want to go and uh, see some of the political news or discuss things with politics, you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, we, you can watch us on YouTube, uh, Rumble, and, well, of course, Twitch. And then if you want to listen to us at the lower right-hand side, we've got a lot of different platforms and ways that you can do that. So whatever device that you want to listen to, just pick whatever's most convenient. Uh, and if you've done that, that means the show's already been recorded and uploaded. And go check out the particular episode show notes where there's a video and audio player built right into there. And then links for all the different things that we de- we discussed throughout the show. So maybe if there's something we talked about but we didn't go into in depth and you want to go check out some of the source material, jump on there. And that's the perfect place to do that. Nice, uh, uh, something to go along with the audio version. And of course, if you want to support us, uh, infectionpodcast.com forward slash support or the menu option up top. I'd like to read a comment from our last YouTube video. Uh, it says uh, it was the title was blocked by the UK. And Stephen Toast responded and said, what's banned by the UK, mate? I live here, so I will tell you what's banned or not. Not a fucking yank. So appreciate that, uh, Stephen. Uh, appreciate your comment on the video. And uh, hopefully you can read the title and read that blocked and banned aren't the same words. So appreciate the feedback on that. All right, Brian, uh, appreciate you as always, my friend. We'll uh, catch up with you next week. If you uh, want to check out my antics, uh, you can check out the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. Check it out in your favorite podcast app. Maybe coming to Twitter soon or uh, my website, Nick Craig. 
Com. As Brian mentioned, if you missed any portion of the show, you can check out a video version on both Rumble and YouTube. All the links and information to do that is our website, InfectionPodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.